When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode one, and we're recording on Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, I'm so excited. Hello. I know, our first full-length episode. This is so cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to be doing this podcast, and I'm also just... Yeah, because recording episode zero didn't feel... I, it obviously was real, but this is like real, real now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you guys get to be stuck with us for 40 minutes now. Yeah. I'm so you'll, excited. You'll, if you thought uh, 10 minutes was bad, hopefully... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I figured that since it's our very first episode and everyone might not have seen or listened to episode zero, um, we could talk a little bit about what this podcast is or could potentially be, I suppose, uh, just because, you know, we're still figuring it out a Along the way. Um, so yeah, this is Red or Dead. It's a mystery, thriller, suspense focused podcast uh, that Book Riot is hosting, which we are very excited about. Um, definitely listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Katie and I sort of talk a little bit about our histories with mysteries and thriller books. And we talk a little bit about like the types of books that we like and some books that we recommend. Um, the way the episodes are going to work, at least for right now, we have a couple of different ideas. Um, in today's episode, we'll be talking a little bit about some newsy things. Um, some different like trailers that have come out that are based on some uh, adaptations that we really enjoy. Um, We'll talk about any other sort of like news events that might be happening, maybe like releases that we're really excited about. Um, We'll definitely be highlighting books that we love consistently. Um, We'll always talk about just anything we think you guys would be interested in as mystery thriller readers. We figured that if we're interested in it, you'll probably be interested in it as well. Um, in the future, we might be doing maybe theme episodes, uh, talking about specific like subgenres within the book world. Um, and we'll kind of see how things go for there. Um, and if you have any like suggestions or types of episodes that you would like to hear from us, we would definitely love to have suggestions. Uh, like I said, we're just starting this out and we're going to figure out sort of what works and what doesn't. So we'd love to have some feedback on all of that if possible. Um, yeah. So before we get started, I think I'm going to do the first sponsor. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first sponsor that we have for this episode is We Are Holding the President Hostage by Warren Adler. This is a high anxiety story that takes place in real time with lots of twists and turns. Uh, This comes from the bestselling author of The War of the Roses, and it's an electrifying death match that grips you from the very first page until long after the last. Aging Mafia Don Salvatore Padronelli probably mispronounced that. I apologize to all the Italians out there. Uh, A.K.A. the Padre is furious when fanatical terrorists capture his beloved daughter and grandson on a trip to Egypt. Fed up with diplomatic caution that prolongs their captivity, the Padre and his loyal henchmen cleverly insinuate themselves into the White House to hold the president and his wife hostage. Now, the Padre calls the shots on getting the president to take steps to release his family, but will his plan go as expected? 
So, like I said, this is a book from Warren Adler. He's, again, best well known for the book The War of the Roses. Um, This one is actually on discount right now on Amazon Kindle. So if you are a Kindle user, you can get this for pretty cheap on Amazon Kindle. It's also on Audible if you are an audiobook listener. Uh, So, yeah, check out We Are Holding the President Hostage by Warren Adler. Okay. um, So I'm going to just kind of kick off the main portion of the show because we mentioned a couple of trailers um, that we were excited about. I have got to talk about the trailer that TNT released, um, I think maybe a week or two ago, for The Alienist. Um, If you have not read The Alienist, it is um, the book is by Caleb Carr. It was written, like, I think in the mid-90s. It's a surprisingly old book, um, but it's a historical mystery um, about a the a psychologist in 1890s New York City, except psychologists weren't called psychologists at the times. They were called alienists. And he is, uh, his character is one of the first to try to put together a psychological profile of a serial killer that is going through New York City um, and is gruesomely murdering uh, these young boys that are acting as prostitutes in New York City. This is a very, very, very dark, gritty, kind of gruesome novel. Um, I was really kind of surprised. I don't always equate historical mysteries with gruesome yeah this one this one was really really intense um but it's got it's got so much historical detail um there's so much psychological insight the characters are amazing one of my favorite female characters that i've ever read is in that book she um i can't remember her full name i think her first name is sarah but she's a um she's i think the first female to work in the uh, New York Police Department. She's like a secretary, but she wants to be an actual police officer, a police investigator. So she and um, a young journalist end up uh, helping the the titular alienist um, help. They help him try to track down the serial killer. Um, so the book was amazing. I read it a few years ago, and now they are making it into a TV show on uh, TNT, and it is being directed by Carrie Fukunaga. If that Ooh. name sounds familiar, he directed the first season of of uh, True Detective. Yeah, which was amazing, and the trailer looks like basically True Detective set in 1890s New York City. And oh, that I, sounds amazing! I am here for all of that. It looks so cool. Um, I don't think they have a release date for when you know the first season is going to start. I don't know if it's going to take place over. Um, more than one season, uh, but there is definitely a trailer out. Um, I don't shoot. I don't have in my notes. Everyone who's starring in it, um, I know that the character Sarah is being played by. Oh, and then my, I just I just lost it. She's um, she was one of the vampires in Twilight. Why is that the only thing that's coming to mind? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Fanning, uh, Dakota Fanning. There we go. Oh yes, I was. I was like, it's one of one of those young. Girls. I definitely could not help you at all with that. I was like, uh, I know Anna Kendrick was in it, and I'm pretty sure she's not in this TV show. No. So that was about as far as I could have gone. <laughs> yes, it was Dakota Fanning. She is in it, um, and uh, and I can't remember the actor's name, but uh, I know he was in The Hobbit, and he was in. 
Oh, he was in other stuff. I'm doing a really terrible job with this. I apologize. But you uh, really Luke should... Evans. Yes, thank you, Luke Evans. N- no um, problem. I just Google that real quick. Thank you. Google to the rescue. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. If uh, if this sounds like something that's up that might be up your alley, definitely t- check out the trailer. And while you're waiting for the show, you should read the book again. That was The Alienist by Caleb Carr. That sounds really interesting. I literally had never heard of this this show or the book until I saw you like obviously put it into the notes for uh, topics to talk about. Uh, but yeah, with Kerry Fukunaga directing it, that I feel like is going to make people pay attention to this more yeah. than they would have otherwise, for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So the other thing that we wanted to talk about in this episode is the Agatha Christie trailer for Murder on the Orient Express, which I'm super excited about. Um or I should say I'm cautiously <laughs> excited about. I'm always like cautious when it comes to movies and TV show adaptations, especially when all you see is a trailer because anyone can make a trailer look good. Um, but yeah, the trailer dropped, the first full trailer dropped, I believe it was about a week ago at this point, And it looks really good. Um, if you haven't seen anything about this, it's coming out in November. So that means that it's going to get some attention like you know, the big movies drop in the fall winter time because that'll get like Oscar sort of consideration or Oscar buzz. Um, it starts stars Kenneth Branagh as uh, Perot, which is a really interesting choice. I, I highly recommend everyone going to watch this trailer purely so you could see how insane uh, Branagh's uh mustaches in the trailer <laughs> like it's ridiculous like obviously they're going i part of me feels like are they taking it like a little bit like over the top on purpose but it's a really crazy mustache and i feel like his facial hair alone makes it worth to like sitting through that like minute and a half or two minutes however long this trailer is uh but yeah it looks really it has like a bunch of different people jenny depp is in it to me unfortunately uh because i'm not that big of a fan of his anymore but it also has like daisy ridley michelle pfeiffer uh dame judy dench leslie Odom jr is going to be in it penelope cruz is in it and the way it's set up i believe that they are doing it so it all just takes place in the train cars uh like I don't I don't want to talk too much about the story because obviously it's a mystery story, but you could probably figure it out if you haven't read the book yet that uh, someone dies on a train. <laughs> so I think they are doing it. So it's all basically like once it looks like it could be almost like a play where it's all just in a contained set. Uh at least that's how it looks from the first trailer. But it looks really, really interesting. It it has the potential of being really good as long as um a lot of the actors don't go too over the top with it, which does have the potential with like Branna and Depp and other people like that who might not have quite as much experience. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this adaptation. I mean, Murder on the Orient Express is also just like a classic story. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to see just how it all plays out. I just Googled a picture of that mustache. Right? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yes, I kind of wish that, that we were able to, I was able to pull this up and show everyone right now. But yeah, no, I We second. can link it in the show notes, guys. I mean, I'll link the trailer in the show notes so that way you guys can at least watch that. But really, if you haven't already, watch the trailer or at least just Google Just Google movie. a picture of that mustache. That is yeah. insane. Yeah. Wow. I think, um, I don't know if it, the post is actually going to happen, but someone was talking on the Slack channels about like ranking different Perot adi- like, uh, adaptations almost and like based on how the quality of their mustaches. <laughs> wow. 
But I'm like that. I feel like that post has to happen. Maybe me saying it on the podcast will like nudge that along a little bit. So. Yeah. No, that 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 stash is definitely going to rank up there. Also, I can I didn't I knew that this movie was coming out. I did not realize that everyone and their brother was in this movie. I was like, yeah. when you started listing off actors and actresses, I'm like, how are we not in this movie? They cast everyone else. <laughs> That would be hilarious, though, if it was just literally everyone you ever knew in life. No, but really, like, it's really funny the way they the way they do the trailers, like they sort of pan down the train car and you see literally just every actor and every actor is a recognizable actor. Even if you don't necessarily know their name, you'll probably at least recognize their face. I feel like the least well known out of the cast is probably Leslie Odom Jr. Because if you didn't pay attention to Hamilton at all, for whatever reason, then you wouldn't have no idea who he is. But everyone else is literally like an A-list actor. It also makes me laugh because I was watching the trailer and at the end they like list all of the names and I would say more than 50% of them are all, it all says either Academy Award winner or Academy Award nominee. And I was like, well... <laughs> I guess that's what they have to do. But I was like, it I think everyone knows who James, uh, Dame Judy Dench is. You don't need to say that she uh, was nominated or won an Academy Award, but yeah. maybe that's in their contract. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to look this up then because, I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch the trailer before we started recording. But now I think I'm going to have to and start... Think you, I think you could probably do like a serious game of six degrees of Kevin Bacon or something with this I movie mean, trailer. I mean, honestly, like I feel like they're, yeah, they're probably all connected to each other through Kevin Bacon in like one degree. Like it feels like there's just that many A-list actors in here. That's awesome. Um, so I guess mo- I was going to say moving along, but still talking about, you know, mystery news or bookish news. Um I went. I was one of the book rioters who went to uh, BEA or Book Expo America last week. I got back on f- late Friday night, um, and I know I know you know what Book Riot is, or not Book Riot. Of course, you know what Book Riot is. Book Expo. <laughs> oh boy, my brain's not working today. Um, but um, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with uh, Book Expo, it is basically the biggest book convention in the country for um for publishing professionals whether you're a bookseller um a blogger an editor a librarian a teacher whatever it may be um but it's this giant three-day convention in new york city everyone comes together at the javits convention center and you can meet with publishers at their booths you can meet authors you can pick up advanced copies of books you can sit in on panels you can there's just so much stuff to do um and i just got back from bea um and so i've got two things one i will i am going to talk about some of the really cool mysteries i heard about but two, I have a story that I need to share with everyone because it's it is a wonderful. Great, it's a great story. Yes, I've already shared this with all the book riot people. And if you if you know me and you're listening to this podcast, I apologize. This is probably like the tenth time you've heard this story, but I don't <laughs> care. This is amazing. Um, so, little bit, a little bit of background. Um, well, R.L. Stein, author of the Goosebumps series, was signing autographs at Book Expo. When I was a kid, and like, you know, little six, seven-year-old me, um, I was obsessed with Goosebumps. I read all the books. I watched the TV show. I lived for Goosebumps. And when I was in second grade, 
and I remember this. My um, we had we wrote a little paragraph or something. I don't remember what the prompt was, but I wrote about a nightmare that I had had like the night before. I was into dark and disturbing stuff even when I was you know seven years old. <laughs> And it's just this tiny little paragraph about this monster chasing me through my grandparents' front yard or whatever. And uh, at the bottom of the page, I remember my teacher had wrote, she's like, she's, she said, very good, you write like R.L. Stein." And she knew that I loved Goosebumps. She read Goosebumps to us. So that was just kind of one of the little thing that we shared. But I credit that comment with sparking my, my lifelong interest in writing. And that's kind of the, been, you know, the family story that we passed down. Um, you know, I majored in creative writing when I was in college. Um, you know, it's been a huge, a huge part of what I've, you know, what, what I've studied and how I've, you know, kind of organized my, my life basically around writing and books and, and whatnot. Um, and then about a month and a half ago, before I went to Book Expo, I was getting ready for bed and I went, oh my gosh, my parents saved like every assignment that I had when I was in elementary school. They might still have that assignment. If they have that assignment, I'm going to bring it to Book Expo and have R.L. Stein sign it. So if you have not guessed, they did still have the, the assignment. I found it, and I did take it to Book Expo, and I brought it with me in line to meet R.L. Stein, and he signed it for me. <laughs> so great. Oh, my gosh. I was so – I cannot even begin to – describe how excited I was. Um, and I I told him the story in a really brief, much, much shorter than I just explained it because we had a big long line of people waiting behind me. I didn't want to hold them up. But I explained the story to him and he's just looking at this and he's just like chuckling like a, like, like a bemused grandpa. It was so cute <laughs> because he kind of is a bemused grandpa now. I feel. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. Um, and then when he signed it and he asked, he asked for my name and he shook my hand and I, I didn't even have to be the one to ask if I could shake hands with him. I was, I did not have to be that weird person. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he shook my hand and I have it autographed and I am going to, uh, I'm going to have it framed and put up in our apartment. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, that was, you know, if I could, if I could go back in time and tell little me that you're going to be meeting your childhood hero and he's going to shake your hand and he's going to autograph your, one of your second grade assignments, I would just be so excited. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love this story so much for so many different reasons besides the fact of how great it is. But I also love that like R.L. Stein is like the nicest human being or at least seems he's, like it. Yeah. Um, he's like, so nice. and he's, yeah. And he's like, I'm sure he gets like crazy stuff told to him all the time. Cause I feel like anytime you are a children's like writer, when people grow up, they just always have like really random and weird stories. And so the fact that I'm sure he hears stuff like this all the time, but the fact that he's so like kind enough to like shake your hand and to recognize like what this means to you and all this stuff is just so great. Yeah, I I was I yeah, I'm always afraid when I when I meet authors or when I meet, you know, anyone who I or any celebrities, I'm always afraid that like, you know, the illusion's going to be ruined and they're going to turn yes. out to be a jerk. Um but thankfully RL Stein was he was very nice. Um he was side note, he was also autographing with Mark Brown, the the author of the <gasps> Arthur series. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that makes me wish I was there now. I loved Arthur. I mean, I still love Arthur. Like I I could have an entire conversation with you about the Arthur books, but we won't because this is a mystery thriller podcast. 
<laughs> but yeah, they were writing. They were, um, he wrote a R.L. Stein wrote a picture book, and Mark Brown did the illustration. So they were both signing copies oh. of the new book called Mary McScary. Um, okay, so I have, I'm gonna have, I have an autographed copy of that, and I have my autographed second grade assignment. So um, basically, I was like, okay, this is this has been a successful book expo. <laughs> yes, I mean that alone. Even if everything else sucked, I feel like that alone would elevate that entire conference for anyone. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. But on to a slightly more relevant topic. Um I got to hear about some really really awesome books just in general, but there were some really interesting mysteries um that I will um I'll probably be mentioning um as the months go on because, you know, the the releases are have been staggered through the next six months or so, um, but I wanted to pick a few that um, that I heard about that really stuck out to me so that uh, everyone so that you all can maybe get some of these on your radar super early, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully these will uh, some of these will catch your attention. Um, so the first one of the one of the first books I heard about at BEA. Um, was the, um, it's a nonfiction, uh, true crimes, true crime book called Black Dahlia Red Rose by Pew Mary Eatwell. Yes, I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I've got her name right. Um, she wrote, um, she's the author of The Dead Duke, His Secret Wife and the Missing Corpse, which is the, oh, yeah. I was going to say, is the best title for a book I've ever heard. Um, I have not read it, but I am familiar with it. Um, but she, uh, she has a background in law and she has, she got access to newly released files from the FBI and the LAPD about the, uh, the murder of the Black Dahlia, which is probably one of the most infamous, uh, unsolved true crime cases in the country. Um, and it's, if you're not familiar with the, with the case, it's Elizabeth, Elizabeth Short, um, was a young woman in, uh, Los Angeles in the, in the late forties and her body was, uh, mutilated and cut up basically and laid out in a field. Um, it's, they have photographs of the crime scene. They're, they're horrific. They're absolutely horrific, but no one knows who did it. Um, and it's just one, it's been one of the greatest mysteries of, you know, in crime history. But now this book says that they've, you know, they've gotten access to certain documents and the author thinks that she has solved the case. Oh, um, really? That's, yes. Now, I have a couple of other books that were published earlier that says they think they solved the case. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, I'll, I'll have to kind of read and compare. Um, but it's a new book coming out from Live Right. It's going to be out um, October 10th, so just in time for Halloween. That'll be an interesting, interesting <laughs> pick. Um, but I, I saw that and I thought that would, that was going to be really interesting. Um, there's a book coming out from Sourcebooks uh, next February called Mister Tender's Girl by Carter Wilson. Um, this one I am. I'll have to read it to see what, to see what I think of it. Um, but it is based on the uh, Slenderman case. Oh, from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, it's. Are you are you familiar with the Slenderman? With, yeah, with the case? I mean, I didn't watch. I think there was like a documentary series or something yeah, on HBO them recently. Did, yeah, I didn't did watch that. it because it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Just because I'm like, oh man, the fact that like girls could be affected like that. I yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um but yeah, this was a this was a big uh 
true story that happened a few years ago. Um, these two very young girls, I think they were like 12, but they, um, they basically lured their friend out into the woods and then tried to kill her as a sacrifice to the Slender Man, which was a fictional creation um, that was made on Creepypasta. Um, and I mean, the story of Slenderman itself, just like the, the fan writings and the games and the, the, vid- the movies that have been made, those are actually pretty creepy. Yes. Um, that's like, I did a, I did a paper on one of, on that for my, for my grad class on young adult literature and like talking about young adult horror and Slenderman and stuff. Um, but so there's, there's, what Slenderman's had a big cultural influence, um, but this book is supposed to be kind of a fictional take on the real life case of the two girls trying to sacrifice their friend. And thankfully, their friend survived. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole thing has turned into you know really complicated issue with you know how should they be tried and issues of possible mental illness and you know should they be tried as juveniles or adults? And it's basically become this really, this really complicated issue. So I'm, I will have to, I'm going to read the, I'm reserving judgment until I read the book. Um, I feel like it will have to, it's, it'll really have to tackle the issue with uh, a lot of sensitivity and I'm not, you know, it absolutely certainly can, but like I said, I will reserve I will reserve judgment until uh, until I read it, but I did think it was it, it was intriguing enough to definitely make note of it and keep it keep it on my radar. Um, That's really interesting. I just think I mean, part of me is also just concerned because I feel like it might be too soon uh, yeah. to publish a book like that, especially because there are still so many questions. I mean, obvi- I, you're not ever going to have all of the answers, but I think even a fictionalized story about these young girls, because personally, I feel like there are mental health concerns when it comes to these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, yeah, like you were saying, being able to treat it with a certain level of sensitivity is going to be required. Um, and whether or not this book actually does that, we don't know yet. But yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, well, we shall see. But I, I'm moving that one up to the top of my list because, or towards the top of my list because I'm yeah. There's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, and then the next two books, these were these were books that I had by authors I had never heard of from smaller presses, but they just sounded so stinking cool that I immediately put them on my reading list. And I'm like, okay, I've got to tell everyone about these. Um, the first one is called Leona the Dias Cast by Jenny Rogneby. Roganby? I probably butchered her last name. Um, it, the book was translated, I believe, from Swedish. Um, the author is, um, is from Sweden. Um, it's a Scandinavian uh, noir type of thriller. Um, but the, it follows a, the, the heroine's very troubled, but she is also, uh, part of the Stockholm Violent Crimes Division, and she is brought in to investigate a bank robbery, which is committed by a seven-year-old who walks into a bank covered in blood and demands money. So, I haven't read it yet, but I think we might have to have a couple of trigger warnings for this one, if, if Kids in Danger is something that bothers you. Maybe maybe hold off on reading on reading this one. But if you're into the darker, um, yeah, Scandinavian thrillers, the, the really dark t- 
type of noir thrillers that have been really popular. Um, this one sounds really interesting. And the author's backstory is just is like just as interesting as the as the actual book itself. She was um, adopted from Ethiopia, and she worked as an investigator for the Stockholm Police Department. So she's basing this on her own experiences. But she also had a previous career as a Swedish pop singer. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So and then there oh there was something else that she did too. I don't know if it was a if she was a dancer or um or if it was something with. If she was an attorney of some kind, I don't remember. So they had like a whole laundry list of stuff that she has done. And she's, I have no idea. I'm not even going to try to guess at her age, but she looks very young. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know how you have done all of this in your life so far. Um, but it was just this really bizarre laundry list of things that she, that she has done. And I got to meet her and she signed my copy of the book and she was so sweet. And I'm like, there's just so much going on here. I feel like I need to read this book to figure out a little bit of like who you are. You're so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if this if this book interests you, this one is uh, coming out the soonest out of all the books I'm mentioning here. Um, it comes out on August 1st of this year, and that's Leona the Dias Cast by Jenny Rognaby. Um And then the last one that I found is called The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sue... Boy, Sujata Masi, I think is how you pronounce her name. She has written, um, she apparently has written like 20 books already in a series. I had I'd never heard of her. This is the first I'd heard of her. But this is the beginning of a new historical mystery series set in 1920s Bombay. And the main character is, she is a female lawyer slash sleuth slash investigator. Um, and she is investigating um, a will basically left by one of their clients. Um, And she's drawn into issues of like polygamy and religion. And there's just all of these really complicated issues going on that were part of the culture, part of the time. Um, And the main character is also based in part on the first female lawyer uh, who practiced in India. Oh, that's great. I know. It's and they um this is coming from uh Soho Press and they they basically that's basically how they how they describe the book but they just kind of focused on that main character and I was like must have a copy right now. Um, yeah. I just started reading like the first 5 pages of it today. Like I bumped it way up to the top of my list. I'm like this just this just sounds so cool. You mm-hmm. know, beginning of a new series um with a really fascinating character an interesting uh an interesting time period from you know set in a country that we don't read about that often i just i think this is going to be this is going to be just a really fascinating mystery um and then this one this one's set to come out in january of next year yeah the worst part about bea is the fact that these books aren't out yet <laughs> That's always my thing. I'm always like, ah, these books sound amazing. Why do I have to wait a minimum of like four months for these things to come out? I want them now. Yeah. But the the good part about BEA is that they do give away copies of a lot of these books, but then you have to lug them around the convention center the whole time. So my arms are still recovering. I have bruises on both sides of my arms from carrying the, from carrying tote bags of books to bring back to the, to work and stuff with me. So yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a workout, but very fun. It's worth it. It's worth it. 
All right. Uh, before we move on with the rest of the episode, uh, I'm going to talk about our second sponsor. Uh, that is The Outliers by Kimberly McCrate. Uh, this is brought to you by the New York Times bestselling author of Reconstructing Amelia. And this is a spine tingling teen series that starts with one text. Please, Wiley, I need your help. Now, Wiley hasn't heard from Cassie in over a week, not since their last fight, but that doesn't matter. Cassie's in trouble, so Wiley decides to do what she has done so many times before, save her best friend from herself. But this time it's different. Best-selling author Kimberly McCrate brilliantly takes you on a journey where nothing is as it seems and in a world of intrigue, betrayal, and deeply buried secrets. It's vital to trust your instincts. So you can go to uh, KimberlyMcCrate.com. That's Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. McCrate is M-C-C-R-E-I-G-H-T dot com to learn more. And that is The Outliers. Yeah, and I have not read The Outliers yet, but I have read her other two books written for adults, um, Reconstructing Amelia and This is Where They Found Her, and both are excellent. Yeah, and this sounds really, really interesting. So yeah, no, I, I definitely, I'm at this point, I'll, I'll trust just about anything she reads. So, um, I've had the outliers on my reading list for a while, but um, if you're interested in reading more by her, I give, I give her other two books two thumbs up. Um, so now to make your reading list even longer, <laughs> yes, um, we got more new releases, but these are the, um, we basically ended up, ended up, we kind of picked. Uh, Three different books, um, one that just came out this week, one that comes out next week, and one that comes out the week after. So you don't have to wait too long for most of these. Um, but these were um, just a few mystery titles coming out in June that have been kind of getting that have been getting a, a fair amount of attention that we definitely wanted to wanted to highlight. Um, the first one is a book that I I keep hearing all about from other book rioters. Um, yes. I have I have not read it yet, but I the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, okay, I need to pick up this book immediately. It's The Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. And that book is out now. I think it came out yesterday. Yes. Yeah, yesterday. Well, uh, I mean, as we're recording yesterday, yeah, we're basically say, Tuesday we're of the week Wednesday. that this episode drops. Yes. Yeah. So at any rate, it will be out by the time you hear this. Or it is out. Anyway. <laughs> um, but the basic basic premise of it is that um, editor Susan Ryland receives a new manuscript from one of her writers named Alan Conway, um, who has written a popular series of mysteries that go back to um, – like Agatha Christie style whodunit classic mysteries. Um, but in his latest novel, she starts to wonder if there's actually a real life murder hiding behind the fictional story. So you've got like all of these layers with all of these really interesting clues and puzzles for her to figure out. Um, everyone who's read it says that it combines the best of Agatha Christie, Christie's classic whodunit mysteries with modern day thrillers. They said it's just fantastic. If you like British mysteries, if you like kind of classic locked room style mysteries, um, they this is apparently the book to pick up. Um, and yeah, it's coming from, from people who, who I know read a lot of mysteries. So they said, if you're really into, especially like, yeah, British mysteries or anything like that, they said, you definitely need to read this one. Um, 
So yeah, that was Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. Uh, That one is out now. Have you read that one yet? No. So uh, someone from Book Riot actually just sent me a copy and it just came in the mail like literally today. So I'm not even joking. I'm going to read it this weekend because I'm so excited. Like literally everyone's been saying it's great. I haven't heard one bad thing about it yet. But and I also think but amongst book writers, but I also think it's a book that hasn't quite like bubbled to the surface when it comes to like general book people Mm -hmm. uh so it's one that i want to read so that way i can sort of have my opinion on it and if i do enjoy it as much as everyone else i want to share it with people because i also think there's been a lack not necessarily everywhere but i feel like there is a little bit of of a lack of like good whodunit mystery books like lately Mm -hmm. the mysteries that i feel like are getting the most attention or at least the ones that i'm hearing about they have more of like a thriller edge to it or it's more like a literary mystery or it's more you know something along that those lines it's harder to find those like classic mystery books and it sounds like this one might be that yeah um yeah this is another one that i'm, I'm like okay i'm gonna have to add that one to the top of the reading list as well um, i know it's like why can we not read five books at once because all of these sound great <laughs> i know i know Ugh. so so little time in so many books yes um so, and then real quickly, the uh, the last couple of new releases that we wanted to mention, um, I was actually really surprised to see this. Lori R. King, who is the author of the Mary Russell series, that's um, it's what, one of the uh, Sherlock Holmes spinoff series um, featuring Sherlock Holmes and his new um, kind of apprentice, fellow detective, uh, Mary Russell. Um, she's most famous for those books, but she has a modern standalone novel out next week called Lockdown. Um, and it just, uh, the description says, you know, it's modern psychological suspense about a classroom that has been held hostage. Um, and it's one of those stories where it's got a bunch of characters and all of them have secrets. So, you know, I've, it, one of those stories where, yeah, everyone's secrets and every, everything, all of these different characters' actions will come into play into how the how the story unfolds. Um, plus, it's unfortunately, or they they call it, you know, ripped from the headlines, and it's like, sadly, mm. this is a very this is a very relevant subject. Yeah. Um, so, um, it this is bound to be a book that is, you know, it's going to grab people's attention, not only because of who's writing it, but because of the subject matter. And also, yeah, and just, she's just, just a really fantastic writer. Um, so I've, I've read one of the Mary Russell books. I uh, read the first one, um, but I am really interested to read, to read this one, to see how she does modern psychological suspense. Um, so that's Lockdown by Lori R. King. And then that's going to be coming out um, next, that's going to be coming out on Tuesday, June 13th. Um, and then the last one is, uh, coming out on June 20th, and that is The Force by Don Winslow. He wrote The Cartel a couple years ago, which was, which got a ton of recognition as being this really, really interesting, gritty kind of literary, uh, crime. It's not like, you know, it's not straight up mystery, not straight up suspense, just this really, yeah, this really gritty crime novel. Um, and he has another gritty crime novel coming out called The Force. Um, it's about Denny Malone, who's uh, part of the New York Police Department. And he and he's really dedicated to his job. He really wants to be a good cop and be there for his family. And his 
uh, his partners and his fellow officers. Um, but he also has to deal with the consequences of how he helped to steal several million dollars from a recent heroin bust. And now the FBI is kind of putting the squeeze on him. So it's this really, it sounds like this is really morally complicated uh, story of, you know, one guy trying to, trying to figure out his, figure out what he needs to do in this situation, how he can be loyal to, uh, the people that matter to him, um, but also work through some of these really, really complicated moral issues. Um, so that's another one that has been, I don't know how much attention, like, you know, just kind of casual mystery readers or, I don't know if uh, how many casual readers will will have known about this book, but it's getting a lot of attention, um, like in library circles. I've been hearing about it a lot mm. in library publications. Um, so this, if you're into that that kind of complex, gritty type of crime novel, The Force by Don Winslow is one you should have on your list, um, and that's going to come out uh, June twentieth. All right. Uh, just to kind of wrap things up, we thought it'd be fun to talk about either the books we've just finished or the books that we're currently reading that might be of interest to our listeners uh this would also is also because you know we're really excited about these books you might be as well um and also it'll give us a chance to talk about maybe some backlist books uh, a lot of the time you know we're going to be talking about stuff that's just coming out but uh, i don't know about anyone else but i always like reading in paperback so i always like when people talk about backlist books so uh i'll kick things off the book that i literally just finished last night was IQ by Joe Ide, I believe is how you say his last name. Oh, I've been pronouncing um, that wrong. <laughs> I'm actually, I could be completely wrong as well. So I apologize again. We pro- I was like, we'll, we'll do a better job of looking up author names for the next episode. Uh, but yeah, this book was really good. I had heard about it because I felt like Rebecca from Book Riot uh, kept talking about it when it was originally coming out. I think she heard him speak at BA last year um, and then was like recommending the book around to different people and on like all the books and all that stuff. So yeah, I've sort of had, I've had the arc of this one since last year uh, because she was talking about it so much but for whatever reason you know we all have too many books uh, and so I never got around to reading it and then I heard he was coming out with a second book that comes out this fall I believe and so I was like okay I need to read the first one now so that way I'll know if I want to pick up the second one or not and I really enjoyed it um, it took me I would say a couple of chapters to sort of get my footing uh, into the story. You're basically following this character named Isaiah, um, who is nicknamed IQ. He's a really smart guy. Um, He has or had a brother named Marcus who passed away. And then um, he when his brother passed away, I believe he was still in high school. Um, So he was trying to, like, figure out ways to... um, like get by make money his parent their parents weren't around anymore um so he could like sort of stay in the apartment and sort of stay under the radar so no one would know that he was like by himself um and so he ends up like becoming friends with this one like drug dealer and then eventually he becomes sort of like a private detective so you go back and forth in time with like present day where he is solving a mystery but then you also flash back to see like what his life was like before either with Marcus or like right after Marcus's death um, and seeing how he became like who he is now as like sort of I don't want to say well known but he's sort of just like known in his neighborhood as this really smart guy who can solve mysteries and so uh, the mystery that they're solving has to deal with this rapper um the story all takes place in la um and i'm pretty sure that everyone who's in this book is a person of color for the most part um and so it takes place in sort of 
like the lower income areas of LA, uh, the mystery is there. There's this rapper who thinks that someone's trying to kill him. Um, so they're sort of just looking into that. And so it's a really well done. I think like the best part of the story is definitely like seeing uh, Isaiah deal with the death of his brother, as well as he has sort of this person who he has a complicated relationship with named Dodson, who's kind of his friend, kind of not. Uh, they have some history. You learn about that history in the book. Um, so seeing their relationship is always really well done. There are parts of it that are really funny and fun. Um, and yeah, I think that the next book in the series actually deals more with Marcus's death because I don't think at the end of the book, uh, you don't really know exactly what happened. Like it was basically a hit and run and I, Isaiah wants to find out like who's the person who hit them. And so I think the next book deals with that death and mystery a little bit more, which I'm really excited to see. So yeah, that's uh, IQ by Joe Ide. Um, and it's already out now, so you can check that out. And then if you enjoy it, he has another book coming out this fall, which I'm sure I'll talk about when it gets closer. <laughs> um. And then for me, the mystery that I, or the suspense or whatever you want to call it that I finished most recently was um, Before the Fall by Noah Hawley. And I heard about this one because I heard about, I heard Liberty talk about it on all the books uh, last year or the year before or yeah. whenever it came out. Um, short, I mean, long story short, there's a plane crash. Um, and there's a private plane that's flying from, uh, Mar I think it's Martha's Vineyard back yeah. to the mainland. And then um, there's a kind of a, there's a motley crew of people on the plane and the plane crashes two people survive um a painter who was just kind of randomly invited onto the plane by one of the people he knew on there or he knew that was going to be flying on the plane and then the the four-year-old son of one of the families that's on there those are they're the only two survivors um, and they're able to swim back to shore miraculously. Um, but the story is kind of, it's putting together what, you know, what happened when, to make the plane crash, but it also goes really deep into the backstories of all the different uh, people that were on the plane, how they came to be there, what happened in their lives kind of to get them to that point in time. Um, and it was a really interesting book. Uh, it doesn't... Like, you can't go into it thinking that it's a classic mystery, like, you know, oh, you can put all the clues together and figure out who who did it, because they talk a lot about it. It's like, we look for meaning in so many things. Um, we want there to be meaning, but sometimes coincidences are just coincidences. So it was a really interesting interesting book to kind of to take that idea and play with it a little bit so it's not a it's not a straight up mystery suspense novel but if you're looking for something that has a lot of really well developed characters that has different issues that you can that you can kind of think think over um yeah, just something that's it's a very thought provoking uh suspense novel um i i really enjoyed it um and the, I was, I, I know I was mentioning earlier, the reason why I picked up this book was because Noah Hawley um, was involved with the, uh, with the creation of the TV version of Fargo, which I just got into. And I love, it is amazing. So good. Oh so my gosh. Um, I, yeah, I'm like halfway through season two. Um, my boyfriend and I kind of, uh, we 
just haven't been able to get get back around to watching it. But we loved the first season. And so after that, I was like, wait a minute, I have one of his books. I want to see, you know, um, I, w- I want to see if he writes just like the TV show. Um, but it, and obviously don't go into this thinking that it's going to be Fargo because it's not. But um, it has, you know, really complicated uh, characters with morally questionable uh, ethics or that, you know, just really flawed characters that kind of do the best that they can. Um, but you know, sometimes their choices are good. Sometimes they're not so good, but they're just kind of trying to make do in this crazy world that doesn't make sense. Um, and then I love this book. Oh no, it's fine. I I just wanted to say, I love this book and I kind of went into it similarly. I read, I think I watched the first two seasons of Fargo. Um, and then I found out about this book and I was like, well, I have to read this now. Um, and I think that I think that if you do like the TV show Fargo, you will like this book because a lot of the criticisms I hear from people about the book and the TV show are the same. Almost. It's very slow paced. Uh, it's not necessarily like plot driven. It's very much a character driven story. Um, and like Katie was saying, it's very complicated characters, which is something that I personally love to explore. So I this was completely up my alley. It was one of my favorite books that I read last year. I thought it was so great. But I know a lot of people who didn't enjoy it. But I think it's because they went into it thinking it was going to be a more traditional suspense story. And it was going to focus more on the mystery, which I mean, obviously, it does resolve the mystery. But it's more about these crazy complicated characters um yeah and then after i finished reading that i just started listening to tiny pretty things on audio which is by uh danielle clayton and uh sona chiripotra and basically i heard this book described as black swan meets pretty little liars and so far that is exactly what it's delivered and i am loving it (laughs) yeah it's so good i've read this one as well i've read there's a sequel to it as well called uh shiny broken pieces Yes, yes, that is exa- exactly. I always mix up what the three words are for these two titles. I was literally about to be like tiny broken pieces. And I was like, I know that's not it because tiny pretty things is the first one. Um, but yeah, that's like literally the best pitch or like one of the most accurate pitches I've ever heard for a book that actually turned out to be true. Um, it's really fantastic. And I also think it's one of those like perfect summer reads. I think both of them I read in the summertime. Um, and it was just like the best like plot driven sit out in the sun and read some like juicy crazy stories all right so yeah that is our show for today um thanks so much to everyone for listening if you enjoyed this please subscribe uh you can find us on itunes and any other sort of podcast listener that you use um you can also find us at bookriot.com slash listen and you can also head over to the website if you want to check out the show notes so you can check out all of the different uh trailers that we talked about and we'll also have links to all of the books that we mentioned here in this episode um and if you enjoyed this podcast definitely leave us a review on itunes so that way other people can discover us and definitely share this with your friends if you think there are people out there who would be interested in this um like we said this is the first episode so we're just figuring things out and we're looking to find our audience and things like that so definitely share this with other people if you would like um you can find me on twitter and instagram i'm at rincy a and definitely feel free to send us comments about the show and let us know what you liked or if you have suggestions for future episodes yep i definitely second all of that and uh, if you'd like to find me on twitter you can find me at kt underscore library lady 
So yeah, that's all that we have for this episode. And hopefully we will hear back from you guys and we will talk to you all in about two weeks. All right. See you then. All right. Bye. Bye.